Hi everyone, I'm Portia. And I'm Namsa. Welcome to Assume It Will Be Brilliant, Shondaland's STEM podcast. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the podcast. Um, hi Porsche, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. I woke up bright and early this morning. I had a little hike. I mean, I'm in the city, so I wasn't out in full nature, but we have a pretty good substitute here in Montreal. It's a great way to start your day. As I was saying to you, I find it very, very inconvenient and annoying that exercise really does work for most things. <laughs> I feel exactly the same because exercise works and I don't love it. So is no. that. I didn't exercise. I've just been like working and going, 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 going. So it was nice to have a little break to eat and I'm ready, ready for today. And um, today's discussion, taking a little bit of a different approach, it's still a bit Grey's inspired. We're going to be discussing relationship deal breakers. This topic was coming up for me because of watching a lot of relationships on Grey's. There's so many compromises people were not willing to make or people Mm -hmm. were willing to make to make relationships work when really they should have been deal breakers from the get-go. They should not even (laughs) be in a relationship. Like they should this ex-nay on the whole thing. But also that said, I think a discussion about things that we may consider relationship deal breakers and just things that I think are important to consider, mm-hmm. but without any judgment, because a lot of these things are different for different people. Some people right. don't feel like it's that important. Mm-hmm. It's not really a big issue for them at all. Or for some people, they just find themselves in these predicaments mm. and you know when you're in a relationship with someone and you really care for them it's difficult you try right. to navigate how to make it work so we've called them relationship deal breakers but it's not necessarily they're not fixed right in that way i mean yes i basically completely agree agree with you one of my favorite meredith gray lines is after she sleeps with george which hashtag should have never happened she when he asks her like why'd you even do it if you knew that you weren't feeling me like that basically Mm. she says Mm. i thought i could do it and then i found out i couldn't and then she says you don't know until you know and i think that's very true of many deal breaker type situations right Especially when you're just coming into your own. I think in your 20s, you kind of assume a lot of things. Yeah. And then you also, you're a little bit Pollyanna-ish. Your head's a bit in the clouds <laughs> about yeah. how these things will go. And I mean, I am, hello, everybody listening. I know I'm making wild generalizations. I'm, I know not everybody in their 20s is like this. But, um, <laughs> you know, you just, the older you get, I find the more honest you're able to become, not only with other people, but with yourself, right? With yourself, so, yeah. I mean, if you're 22 and you're someone the idea of saying like do you don't you want kids is a bit hectic to bring to the table immediately and often I think you don't know yourself necessarily it might be something you want to think about right anyway all of that to say yes we're framing these as deal breakers but this isn't to say everybody knows them immediately and should be setting their boundaries (laughs) and being strict about it from the get-go and actually I do think Grace is very good at illustrating how these dilemmas sort of crop up on you and also how people change you know Mm. over time and what was a deal breaker once is not anymore 
and and that can happen and then what wasn't seemingly a deal breaker is suddenly a very hard deal break and and i think that mm. is what actually happens in relationships is that mm. sometimes we get we become more fast and loose with these things and mm. then other times we become more rigid it's it's all a part of growing up i guess becoming mm. more of ourselves and really figuring out what's important for us as individuals and then also in our relationships so i think that's basically no judgment like we've been saying and mm. it's all very contextual and personal and it's things that you know take time to discover so i think one of my, my main things is like definitely take the time to discover you know not put so much pressure on making every single relationship work but really mm -hmm. figuring out like what you want in life and what's important to you and then going into relationships with that there's no come in your first relationship with knowing everything mm. it's not possible it's not I possible mean, the, yeah also relationships are where you learn and grow but exactly yourself, specifically i mean yeah so i mean one of the first ones which we see earlier on with kelly and arizona but then becomes a lot more pronounced between christina and owen is wanting children and not wanting children and This one's actually quite a difficult one because mm -hmm. like you said, sometimes when we're quite young, we don't necessarily know or we're not fixed. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you feel like if I have children or not children mm -hmm. or not have children, it's, it's fine. We, and whereas another person might be very, very clear. I do not ever want kids mm -hmm. or very mm -hmm. clear. I definitely want kids. And with Kelly and Arizona's relationship, it was like that initially. Kelly was pretty sure at some stage she wanted kids, mm -hmm. but Arizona was very sure that she didn't. Mm -hmm. And actually found the discussions about it quite interesting and and important um right because there is something that happens in society which i think is happening a lot less thankfully where a couple of years ago it was a foregoing conclusion that women want to have kids like it mm. was just said that this unsaid thing i guess that mm -hmm. all women want to have kids which mm -hmm. is not necessarily true i mean there's the part where it's not necessarily true and then there's also the part where it's actually quite harmful to continue yeah. to insinuate it well the part that's harmful is when you say all women should want to have kids because what yeah. does that do to the women who genuinely don't you know yes. and what does it mean about how they're judged yeah and like what it means to be a woman it, mm. you know what it means to be a woman is isn't about childbearing that can be a part of it yeah but it's, it's certainly not... a huge part of it well i guess that's more about giving birth mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. not necessarily about being a mother having kids and yeah, being yeah, a mother yeah. mm -hmm. um i think being a woman doesn't mean being pregnant it, yeah. it, for me it doesn't or mean even that. like seeing it through you know what i mean like or, having to go yeah through. yeah and similarly something that was coming to me while you were saying about the assumption that women also you know there's that thing they call the relationship escalator in your mind everybody has this idea this is what happens you meet the person you get together mm. you get married and then you have children right mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. i think that's a huge like assumption that exists in most societies right so yeah for people who don't necessarily want that because in both relationships both in cali and arizona's and in owen and christine for the people who are the children wanters in those relationships right mm. they really did 
express that thing of like, well, what do you mean? Like, how could you You know? should. Like, haven't you yeah. thought about, you know what I mean? Have you really thought about it? And to me, I always think that anybody who's usually, I mean, yes, there's genuine sort of thoughtless rebellion that exists. But mm-hmm. most of the time, people who deviate from a norm don't do so because they are being flippant about it they've actually thought about it far more than the people who are going along with the norm you right and presume it to be normative and even uh righteous let's say Mm -hmm. and they're not just like rebelling for the sake of rebelling like exactly you know like you say i mean there was a moment where Kelly and Arizona were talking and Kelly had decided the reason Arizona doesn't want kids must have to do with the fact that Arizona's brother had passed and Mm. she doesn't want to lose another person. She just come up to that sort of, it must be related to trauma. And Mm. Arizona tells her clearly, my decision not to want to have kids is just that. It's got nothing to do with any sort of trauma or um, loss or anything like that. I just don't Mm -hmm. want kids. Mm -hmm. And that is a perfectly normal response. That's a perfectly normal thing to want or not want. To not Mm -hmm. want to carry kids, to not want to raise kids, to not want to mother. Mm -hmm. It's it's perfectly woman. It's perfectly Mm -hmm. normal. It's fine. Mm -hmm. And you talk about Owen and the way he would speak about, you know, speak to Christina. And there was that thing of you should want to have kids or Mm. you just don't know because you're chasing your career. Mm-hmm. But you will figure out when you slow down that yeah. you definitely want kids. Implied that she was a bad person because yeah. she want kids. Okay, uh, you know, and I think it's also worth noting that mothering, nurturing, to me, the essence of mothering, whether like literally parents, is like nurturing something, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. being its guardian, like allowing it to grow, right? <laughs> like helping. And I thought it was very interesting that Arizona was a pediatrician and she spent all her yeah. time around children, and you know, mm-hmm. for that reason, also Kelly was pathologizing a lot of things and it's almost yeah. like why does something yeah. have to present in such a specific way right like there's a lot of women in life who can be as if mothers to you even though not necessarily mm. the person who gave birth to you and mm-hmm. you know I think it's worth giving them their dues right there's not only yeah. one specific way to be considered a le- legit mother yeah and I mean for me personally it is a deal breaker and mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen it play out with friends as well, where, mm. you know, some friends, the guy or the girl in those sort of relations, in that, you know, it was a heterosexual relationship where the one wants kids and the other one doesn't. And they also mm. want to try and get married. And mm. it be, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you've got to be very clear. The one person doesn't want to have kids and they're mm. sure and you do. Don't go into marriage thinking you're going to convince the other person Mm. to change their mind because it can become a big stumbling block in your marriage Mm -hmm. or partnership or relationship. Honestly, it's like going into your marriage with a landmine, fully acknowledging (laughs) that it's there because that is a huge conflict potentially. It's a huge one. And that expectation that the other person will change their mind Uh is just so unfair to put Uh on the other person and to put on the relationship. I mean, with many of these things, we do it thinking... 
and hoping of course that it's going to mm-hmm. work out because we mm-hmm. want the relationship to work out but mm-hmm. it for me it's I know that I want to have kids and so I want mm-hmm. a partner who wants to have mm-hmm. kids and I don't want to have to negotiate or debate it mm-hmm. whether we do it through you know me falling pregnant or surrogacy adoption or whatever it is we want to be parents is one of those conditions in the relationship mm-hmm. it's, it's a big deal I mean well Christina said a lot of the time is that it's not just me giving birth it's Mm. that this child is then here forever you can't just (laughs) like i gave birth and your your job is done and she says one of the things that christina expresses is that she is certain that when she looks forward into her life were she to have compromised on her career you know she seems pretty sure that she she would rather make the decision i don't want to have children because i know how committed i am to this vocation that i have chosen whereas I could have a child and not regret it, but I'm not sure about that. Yes, and so this is yeah. how I'm going to put my bet. This is the yeah. way that, this is how I'm going to choose to move. Yeah. And that's perfect. It's fair, you know? And, you know, to be fair, this is hard. I, I'm pretty certain that I want children at this point as well, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. for so long, it's hypothetical. I'm in no way saying that everybody needs to have this like deep come to Jesus moment with themselves and their reproductive objectives in life, right? If, if it works for you, if you had a, you know, an unplanned child, I'm sure that of course the love is still there and you still raise a family and everybody's doing their best in life, you know? Yeah. Anyway, I was just basically saying that to express that it's hypothetical for so, so long and you're not sure about it. And so, for instance, with Callie and Arizona, at first, Callie says, okay, fine, I, I know that I want to be with you, so yeah. I'm going to not have children. And then Arizona eventually says, look, this is your dream. I'm not going to take your dream away from you. You yeah. deserve somebody who can give you children and give yeah. you everything that you want. And later, Arizona decides to be that person. And I yes. think what's very important to contrast between Christina and Owen is, is the choice right yes she had she had known for herself i'm pretty sure i don't want to have children and then she made the choice to then do that right whereas owen was trying to coerce christina into making that choice and that was always never going to work out and i think also i mean i must say i am going to team arizona and team owen for two seconds in that i absolutely commend Arizona for breaking with Kelly and saying this is not something I want either of us to compromise on because it's so important Mm. for us both and especially for you Kelly you really want this and then coming to a point where she realized you know I actually want this person in my life and and then it becoming real that there's going to be kids Mm. and saying I want to be that person and I think that was a huge thing for their relationship I really I mean it's 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 that case that doesn't necessarily always happen so though let's not you know you know you don't want to come into it hoping that that's what's going to happen with your partner because that isn't necessarily guaranteed yeah and on the other side to do so when you've already received some information about it yeah too wishful thinking for that major of a decision because as you say it's not just about birthing children it's about raising them so somebody's got to be in it for that yeah and like where where you know owen and christina got married before they had the discussion so there is a sense in which owen felt a little bit blindsided blindsided Mm. and i get that but at the same Mm. time he did bamboozle her into a trauma (laughs) weddings (laughs) so 
I mean, you're going to get what you get. <laughs> you're going to get what you get. So. Mm. And also, I mean, you know, they were in this relationship where they didn't speak about those things. And that's why it's like, maybe speak about these things before you commit to a lifetime yeah. with, with this person. Um, I mean, so, another, yeah. You know, I think I'm going to the same place that you are. What about the how many kids? This is a difficult one. Um, mm. I mean, they all are. But in this this one, Amelia realized only after having a kid. Sometimes we think before we have kids, we think, oh, I want five. Or I want three. <laughs> or I want one. But then when you have kids, your experience, you've got a level of experience. That you didn't have before, yes. You didn't have before. You've got a yardstick, which you didn't have before. And now, mm. I mean, it's a, it's a tough one for Amelia and Lick. But I think a one big thing that I have to say with them, it's another one of the things that they didn't do with the getting married or not getting married. They just didn't discuss it. And I think mm. it's a major flaw in their relationship is that they didn't discuss big things continuously and openly Mm. because one discussion is not enough sometimes especially when you haven't resolved it amelia comes to this realization that she doesn't want to get married and she doesn't have more kids but she's not discussing this with link and Mm -hmm. he's on the other hand coming to the realization of he wants more kids and he wants to get married and he's actually discussing it with her and she just kept not responding it was so weird i was like Amelia, <laughs> tell the man he has hope. tell the man i mean he got the kids to propose like oh no don't remind me man. i had forgotten <laughs> i had forgotten the man is planning a life with you and he's telling you openly he's like Sis, I'm ready. Okay, I'm about to get out this ring. You know, we're going to have more babies. And you're like, uh-huh. And then you're going and telling uh-huh. everybody but him. About that you don't want. <laughs> but yeah, and I guess the other couple that had married, don't get married drama were Christina and Burke. Oh, no. Oh, yep. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Can we just talk about Christina always being with these men that like wanted so much from her Mm. and I really commend Christina for standing her ground after Burke Mm. and realizing how much she was giving away and really coming into her own and deciding like no I don't want this and I don't want this because Mm. with with Burke with I mean he really wanted this wedding and he really wanted it was this very important thing that they get married with for Christina it wasn't a thing and I don't know. I I think it's this is one of those things where it's so individual in that mm. some people just like, nah, if we get married, it's fine if we don't. So if the other yeah. person really wants it, it's like, okay, fine. Yeah, and it, I guess it depends too on how you, what meaning you carry behind marriage, right? Because yeah. there are too many people whom it's, you know, it's tied in with their religion and it, it means a lot, right? It's a very important ceremony and union. You know, so marking it is, mm. is, is, is just very important, let's say. And then therefore mm. other people who are like, well, you know, 
this will help me with my taxes. For others, it's more about the relationship and not necessarily the title, let's say, you know. I mean, I think very practically speaking, once you have a long-term partnership, it does <laughs> end up being good for you to be on paper connected to each other. Yes. For the longevity of whatever you build together. You know? And uh, for the legalities, I guess, as well. Yeah, but you're right. It's so, so individual how important it is to you to actually be status married. I mean, some people don't want it because maybe not against the institution of marriage, but they mm. don't want to go through the rigmarole of joining mm, the, everything. you know, everything. Yeah. And I guess like, it just depends on like how important that thing that really is for you. And again, like for me, it's an important thing, but I get it when it's not an important thing for other people. It's like, okay, mm. like it's just not that big a thing for everyone. But if it is a big compromise to mm-hmm. do it, I do think there should be some question marks. I still mm-hmm. am mad at him about what he did to Christina, though. So let's not get too into it. What's our next deal breaker? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this one is religion. Okay. Now hear me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> This was a big thing for April and Jackson. Of course, and yeah. We've talked I, about it a couple of times, actually. Yeah. We have, and I get it. In a personal capacity, I, I get it. And I, and I think as someone who relates to April, my, you know, my faith is very important to me. I don't think it's a big deal breaker if someone was agnostic for me, personally. Yeah. But if it's someone with a completely different religion or someone who didn't believe in anything at all, yeah it would be a deal breaker for me and it was a big thing for them because I mean there were so many things happening they had a lot going on and I mean it wasn't the only thing I mean I think one of the main things was April leaving um Mm. after Samuel died but Mm. this was a thing of contention in the many areas when whenever mm. the, they were fighting it came up a bit and mm-hmm. you know april really believing strongly and jackson really not and then of course eventually them finding each other on the path towards mystery and a little more clarity for both of mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. but i i know when when I was younger, that it was a big thing for me that I didn't want to be dating outside of my religion mm. because I didn't want it to be something that I or my partner would have to compromise on, especially mm. if it was as important for them. Mm-hmm. I didn't want, you know, if they are Muslim or Hindu or Jewish to have to sacrifice elements of their faith for me or for me to do that and for their families as well when it comes to raising kids Mm. I did you know it was that thing I didn't want to have to have a big thing about raising kids a certain way or not a Mm. certain way but also like when families get involved there's certain you know traditions cultural Mm. experiences that it can be a big thing and mm. it is something to think about. It doesn't have to be a big thing as well. I, mm-hmm. I, it really doesn't. It's one of those. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know for you, Porsche, it's not a big thing. Well, I mean, I definitely think if it's, a, as you were saying, if it's a point of conflict, if both parties feel like they would have to change something, right, or they can't be completely themselves in the part of them that is about expressing their faith if Mm -hmm. that feels like it has to be hidden or caged or you're fighting about what are you going to tell the children right if there's conflict Mm -hmm. I definitely think 
that's not something that I want either. However, no, yes, I, yeah. I have no issue with sort of having interfaith relationships. I mean, because I have them just in my platonic life, right? And so for me, the way I see yes, it is, yeah. I will let you do you if you can let me do me, right? And I also have no fear about it. Children are actually far more adaptable and comprehend a lot more than we think, right? So a lot of people is like, well, we'll tell them like they believe. And I'll say, I believe this. They believe that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You have options because I'd rather present a true representation of the world, which is that there are multiple faiths and people consider the origins of the universe and have different conceptions of what God is, right? And I do not mm-hmm. want to be prescriptive at all because I know how much I don't know. Supremacist approach to faith, right? Because to me, that's mm-hmm. the antithesis. <laughs> of like what a spiritual life and faith is, right? It's like Mm -hmm. your own sort of internal, inward and upward, as they say. Mm -hmm. And you seek it and you find it and you practice it. It's much more practical and uh, yeah, practiced as an individual per se. And in community, of course, like that's a big part of having, you know, having a faith community and whatever. But as far as being judgmental about it or worrying that it has to be the same, I don't know. I'd much rather foster an inclusive type of environment for myself. It, but basically meaning for me, it's not a deal breaker if someone's of a different faith. As long as they don't see it as, the, as a deal breaker, right? Yeah. <laughs> to have compatible sensibilities about the thing, right? Yeah. And that's it. And I think that's, I guess, with everything is to mm. have compatible sensibilities about mm-hmm. it because none of the answers are, there's no answer and there's no right or wrong. You know, mm-hmm. there's no, this is what it should be. And this, this is what it shouldn't be. It's, it's just that having the conversation and exactly. being able to communicate what's really important mm-hmm. and to have shared values, I think is a, big thing in relationships Um, and whatever those values are for you you value you know the being very open about yeah um, I value openness and I would say autonomy like the thing I was saying earlier about sort of Arizona and Owen and and having the choice to do Mm -hmm. what you to me though I, I I really do not do well with people imposing things on other people you know? Yeah, I'm like, just talk about it and let this this individual decide for themselves what's right for them, right? Because like, I'm like, yeah. I don't own anybody, and I'm not going to thought po- police you and tell you what you should and shouldn't believe. It just feels a bit wild when I'm also just out here improvising and doing my best, you know, to find out what's true for me. Yeah, and I think like, you know, one of the important things that I have heard quite a bit and that's really important for me is. Mm. When it comes to having kids, we don't own our children. Mm. They're ours, but they're not ours. Mm. Um, they're their own. And yes, it's There's so that beautiful to... um, Khalil Gibran, you know, that poet? Yes. Yes, he has a beautiful poem called On Children. And I religiously like sort of read it from time to time whenever I think about having kids, just to remind myself. And one of the things he says is like, children come through you, but they are not of you. Yeah, and we don't own them, and mm. they, they belong to themselves. And for me, that's important that my, mm. you know, we raise kids that belong to themselves, that see, you know, that have an um, in, independent worldview. Mm-hmm. But for me, I don't want to have contention personally in my partnership. It's because of the value I place on yeah. my, you know, faith and yeah yeah I'm like oh but my kids can I guess I, I want them to be open-minded and to, to you know discover mystery and grow up in 
you know, figure out for themselves what is truth and, you know, what is good. But yeah, I, it's, it's, it's one of those things. It's, you know, you, you want to figure it out for yourself and what's important in your partnership to not have it always as this thing that we're contending with all the time. Yeah. Ultimately, it's about you and your partner discussing what values you have, being aligned mm. about them, right? And proceeding accordingly. Mm. Also, I fully misquoted uh, Khalil Gibran. And so the passage is, your children are not your children. They are the sons and daughters of life's longing for itself. They come through you, but not from you. And though they are with you yet, they belong not to you. Mm. And then the rest of it is very beautiful. So highly recommended reading. Highly recommend. And I think, you know, some of the ones that are not as, I guess, serious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> this is not the minor uh, leagues. We're in the minor leagues of deal breakers. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I don't know. I say minor leagues. It depends, hey. I immediately regretted saying minor <laughs> leagues. I have to tell you because I'm like, well... <laughs> Career is not baby cake. You know what actually makes me think of, and it's not Mm -hmm. this exact scenario with Meredith and Derek, um, which we are, you know, getting this one from, but it makes me think of, you know how some couples where some husbands believe that women should be homemakers and Mm -hmm. they want the women women. But what what I mean is um in making it a deal breaker is what I mean. Oh, so like yeah, where yeah. your husband believes you, sh- you know, should be um, raising the kids, not working at all, um, being the homemaker, which is a very difficult job. I believe they should marry women who believe the same thing. And women who believe that should marry men that believe the same thing. Whereas where you're trying to make it like a wife or a husband who believes women or men or whoever should be a homemaker and not work and the other mm-hmm. person doesn't, uh-uh. <laughs> Don't try to change people's minds. I think that happens a lot when there's a bit of a culture clash. You've seen it a lot where sort of like men who come from families where the dad was the sort of like a uh, big provider and head of the household in that sort of tradition. They have a hard time not have because also the realities of capitalism, especially as it exists today, right, is that everybody kind of has to work to get by. I'm like, that's a lot of pressure even just on yourself. It is. I mean, I remember seeing it. This is on another show, New New Amsterdam, um, Mm. another medical drama. But the mom of one of the uh, cardiothoracic surgeons Mm. and his mom, he's a he's a black man. And his mom was very traditional and Mm. believed that his has that his um, wife, he should marry someone who's going to be a homemaker and Mm. someone who doesn't really want to build a big career where he's whereas he was dating girlfriend Evie I remember her Mm. (laughs) and she was this big time lawyer she was her career was really getting gaining gaining legs and taking off and they were they got engaged him knowing that and his mom was like oh I don't think this is gonna work and she was very vocal with Evie Mm. um that this is what he's always wanted it was one of those like he thought he didn't want it I don't know if he didn't necessarily want it, but it, it was, it was one of those where it wasn't necessarily a man saying, mm. you know, a woman should, you know, this is her place is what I'm trying to il- illustrate. But yeah. sometimes also, sometimes the deal breaker pressures come from family as well. Um, oh, isn't that most of the time? 
person. Yeah. Usually when two people find each other, they're quite happy to be together. But then mom and them say, you know, daddy said, papa said, you know, everybody has something to say. Yeah. This is, and this is what you should or shouldn't. And then the shoulds come in. Exactly. I've, I've got like a fun one. Well, not, um, I say fun. There was one um, where I know a friend of mine who, you know, sometimes we say something's a deal breaker for us mm. and then it <laughs> happens. Yeah, and then you realize maybe it's not a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine had a, you know, had a deal breaker, which was so she's a white uh, woman and she, her deal breaker was like, she's never gonna date a racist. Like, it's, mm. she never African. wants to do that. Wow, you can't swing a cat, man. Um, and she's like it's a big thing for her until one day she's dating somebody who okay let's say he's not racist like this was the theory he's not racist but he's he's his family's racist all his friends are racist and they're not having the discussion about his views on race Mm -hmm. and he he, he's laughing at or at least letting jokes racist jokes slide Mm -hmm. And I remember at some stage, we actually had a conversation about relationship deal breakers. It was a group of us. Mm-hmm. And she said this was her deal breaker. And then um, her and someone else, um, I, actually it was myself and, and, and another person who said, well, clearly it's not. No, but it was like, it's an interrogation sometimes of what we say is a deal breaker and what that means mm-hmm. to us. And, and a lot of the stuff, it, what it goes to show is that you realize what a real deal breaker is and what's really important for you mm-hmm. when you're in the situation. Absolutely. And it's not necessarily something you can predetermine. And again, I say like it was, I mean, we said it in a jokey way just because like, just to point out, look, maybe it's not that big a deal breaker for you. And it's fine if that's not actually a deal breaker, but don't go around saying that it is when it's not. It's so important to become self-aware, to really think about what you value and to figure yourself out. That's the the crux of it. I mean, the one funny one you had was the friendship allegiance one. Oh yeah, friendship allegiance. That can be a deal breaker for all my people out there who watch Station 19. We can remember Vic and Hot Latino Guy. <laughs> That's yeah. a great way to talk. What was his name? He, I just know he was also in this show called Vita. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Fireman Ruiz. Are they called? Do we call them firemen? Yeah, I think we don't call them like fire people. So I guess like Theo. Oh, Theo is a hot name, by the way. I approve of <laughs> the- Theo. Theodore. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Full name is not Theodore. Okay, it's the hot version. Okay. Theodore is like the old man. It's like a president. Theo. Yeah. Okay, Theo <laughs> Louise, lieutenant. It turned out that he was the captain when Vic's best friend, Travis, his husband was killed by Ruiz. And so Vic starts dating Ruiz completely unaware about this dynamic. And of course, when it all comes out and she realizes my best friend believes this is the person responsible for his, for why he's a widow, right? For his husband's death. Yeah. I can't date this. That's it's not a, a hard scenario one. I think that people are in in real life. <laughs> I yeah. I certainly hope <laughs> I hope not. And I have to say, these people really acted out the stress of that whole situation. And I should have seen it coming because this is like a Shondaland show. But that's a tough one. Like, could you... I think it's a deal breaker, ladies. I... I, <laughs> I, I... <laughs> <laughs> to quote the Iraq, like, I was with Vic on the... Yeah, I don't see how you're supposed to go on. I think you just have to say goodbye. Best wishes. Best regards. <laughs> you know kind kind regards okay i don't know for me it's not a huge deal breaker i I don't know (laughs) wow 
<laughs> you said he's a hot Latina guy. I don't know. Eh? <laughs> look, it does look like they might still have a shot because it looks like. Because also, the backstory is Travis is used to be good friends with Ruiz and yes. the death is really what tore them apart and so there's been some like more clarity on it because obviously Ruiz wasn't out here trying to kill your husband yes. it was an unfortunate accident and they seem to be able to be reconciling so Vic and Hot Latino guy may be able to be together reconcile Re- I reconcile honestly just think have hope. yeah I think maybe they didn't like each other that much because I don't know that is a huge deal breaker because your friend can get over it no Nomsa you didn't watch it was a de- Listen, they liked each other a lot. They liked each other, a- but Nomsa, imagine you by mistake dated the person I believe like killed my my brother. Okay, when you say it like that, I'm not you, doing it. Exactly, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> it's a deal breaker. You can't continue. And also, I have to like touch all the words. I didn't mean to say that about you, bro. I love you, but you know what I'm saying? I, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I I I think it's yeah. So that's obviously a very heightened thing, but I do think friendship allegiance is a real thing that lays out. I, I think it's like very big rules in the dating world of like you can't yes. date your friend's ex and stuff yes, like that. Yes, yes. Girl code, guy code. Yeah. Um, people have very, very strong feelings about that. I've always felt very allergic as I said you know because of imposing things I'm not I'm not good with that because in my mind I always used to feel even when I was in university and everybody would be like you know that saying sloppy seconds and stuff like I just thought that Uh, that was ridiculous because I was like that's a whole person that you it didn't work out with you but what if they are a good match for your friend you don't own them I don't understand it's like tag you're in and now nobody I know can look at you but there's context you know what I mean so for instance when it's like my ex and I are no longer together, there was no acrimony. It just didn't work out. I don't know. I'm really happy for my friend to, you know, give it a go. Again, Live I know on. there's nuance to that because if it is acrimonious, that's different. And you do, if it triggers you, right? The person who, who tells your friend it's best not to be naive about the fact that the dynamic between the friends might change because of this exactly, new relationship. Exactly, you know? Agreed. And I, I remember even um, when Meredith was... Uh, Nathan and Meredith were into each other Mm. but remember Maggie had this huge crush on Nathan Mm. and she told Meredith about it and Meredith was like oh no I can't date Riggs because Maggie likes Riggs and it was like it was a big thing for her and Maggie hadn't even dated Riggs like Riggs wasn't even into Maggie so I do get that Right, and it, and it was like I prefer to protect and preserve my relationship with my sister, rather especially than if she's going to be, person. yeah, especially if it's going to be a thing. Yeah. So I do get that. No, I, I mean I, I'm kidding. Like I get it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> got it. But got like, it, and it, yeah. but I also do agree. Like I don't prescribed to like if we were not if we were not compatible and then my friend and the person are compatible fine but again like you say navigating what that means for the relationships that's a different story so yeah you've got to be real about that you gotta be real so So, yeah conclusion communicate communicate and then communicate some more (laughs) yeah and communicate some more keep the conversation going and these are all like very grown-up discussions it's not something you're just you're really thinking about when you're 18 or 21 a lot of these things come later in life some come once you're already married some come once you've already got 
a kid or two and just yeah that navigating it's communicating and all the you know best of luck to you truly best of luck and i will say you try as much as you can look at me dispensing advice huh from my high <laughs> from my from my highly evolved never had kids never been married <laughs> position but um as much as you can try not to let shame run what's truly in your heart mm. what feels true and right for you try and communicate it with honesty and one of the best uh, pieces of advice that i've ever heard on conflict came from um you know that motivational man J- jay shetty yes yes and so i heard him say once probably to oprah or someone one of the things he and his partner does is whenever they face they're in a conflict or there's something they're not agreeing on they always try and remind themselves that it's us against the problem the conflict yes whatever the issue is the issue is against you but i think that it can save you a lot of heartache if you don't feel that you are in conflict with your partner (laughs) yes yeah and also not imposing your own values or principles or ideals mm. or beliefs onto the other person right. and being okay with having those differences and then figuring it out from there. Wonderful. So yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, you know, <laughs> oh, why don't come to us for relationship <laughs> advice. <laughs> Please do not. <laughs> Take care, Speak to yourself. Porsche. I'm a profesh. <laughs> a professional a local relationship consultant may be of use okay and um to close this one out we'll be doing a quote from your fave preston burke no no for real though shout out to preston from a time when he realized he was being problematic and decided Mm. to not be problematic um yeah this really um is about Mm. you know figuring out when something is a deal breaker and letting the other person be. I'm up there waiting for you to come down the aisle and I know you don't want to come. If I loved you, I wouldn't be up there waiting for you. I'd be letting you go. Mm. And that's that. <sighs> that is that. Thanks, Paul. If you listen to the show and you like it and you love it and you want to support it and help other people find us, please leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Even if you listen on Spotify or anywhere else, please hop over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Assume It Will Be Brilliant Pod. And if you have any questions, queries, or comments, please email us at assumeitwillbebrilliant at gmail.com. And remember, step out into the unknown, assuming it will be brilliant. Brilliant.